Well, the rain came down in Q1, and also the tensions at Mercedes rose at, at the same time as George Russell forgot he had mirrors and tried to ram his teammate off the road. Welcome back to episode 290 of Grid Talk. Today we are here to discuss qualifying for the 2023 Spanish Grand Prix. My name is Tom Downey, and joining me uh, to uh, to review this rather interesting session, we have Louis Edwards. Hello, sir. Hello there. Hello there. Um, also alongside me from the Monkey Seats and also of FM Chronicle fame, we have Tom Horrocks. Hi there. Great to be here again. Hello, sir. And then last but by absolutely no means least, we have Mr. Jawad Jakob. Hello there. Hello, <laughs> sir. Just before we get into this episode, we must thank our sponsor, Bet Online. So, Bet Online is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, as well as the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA basketball playoffs. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. From basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, golf, to UFC and boxing. The easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favourite casino and card games available to play right now from your home. Make sure to get into the action today, so head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be the f- and be sure to use our promo code BLEAVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Also, just before we begin this podcast, as always, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you're one of the 72% of people who are not yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like and a subscribe. So, now that the, now that the formalities are out of the way, let's get into it. So, 2023, we've got the Spanish Grand Prix uh, up, to, up tomorrow. And let's let's have a quick notice through the qualifying order. We're going to go from bottom to top uh, for for all you all you lucky listeners. So first of all, Louis, um, I'm going to give you Williams. This should be brief. Um, yet again, another not great quality, probably dodgy race. Do you think they've got any chance? No, not really. And I think. The- the most interesting thing that you could probably say about Williams is I don't know how many people have seen this, but circulating, especially on Twitter, was a, a floor shot of the Williams and um, how it's comparing to like the likes of Mercedes and Red Bull that we saw last week and just how plate and bare it is. It's the the lack of like streaks or anything. You can just see how little development has gone into the floor. And I think that's a good indicator why we're not seeing this great pace from Williams. We know that there's definitely potential. Albon has done some great things in the car. We get to really see it from Sargent, but today just shows on a, on a normal sort of more conventional track that Williams is very, very slow. And that is going to be worrying for Williams as they head into this European season. And it's not looking good for the race tomorrow because they only have one place to go, which is up, but how likely is they going to do it? Probably not very. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like they can fall much further back, to be honest, is it? Um, and and it's interesting what you, what you said about the floor as well. They've obviously, they obviously don't have the budget of some, some of your bigger teams, you know, let alone their catering budget. So I think it's very much a case that they, um, they are sort of making do with what they've got. But um, Tom, uh, rather surprise 
exits in Q1, P19, Blasters, Pole Sitter, Charles Leclerc. Now, he was complaining of rear tyres, uh, I think especially going through that that final that final um, sort of double right-hander, you know, which obviously used to be the chicane. Maybe he's better off going through the chicane so he can cool his tyres down, but not great for, for, for him today. No, bit of a bit of a shock, it has to be said. As you said, last year's pole sitter and and Ferrari, I'm I'm actually surprised that that Sainz did a lot better than Leclerc on this because they they've not favoured that well as 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 a team. Leclerc is a bit of a qualifying specialist, but he, he just didn't seem to know what the problem was. He's he's only gone two tenths of a second quicker than his practice two time, which is just like for the track evolution that we were seeing, I know there was a bit of rain, but the track evolution we were seeing and everyone was going so much faster and to, to only manage two tenths quicker than his, his P2 time. And he had multiple stabs in as well. It's not like he, it's not like, you know, we saw in, uh, was it Monaco where he had Hamilton like on the edge, constantly trying to get through Q1, then Q2 and, uh, and, and then just gradually scraping through. And um, it wasn't like that. It, he had clear runs. There wasn't anything massively in the way. It was just a really, really surprising performance. And I hope they find something wrong with with that car and that they can fix it. Or he's not going to progress very far in the race. I mean, it looks like that car should be fairly good to overtake. So pit lane start, new power unit. You know, he might be able to push his way into the points. But he's racking up the penalties and um, and you know all, all the all of the things that they've had to replace on that car already. It's it's not good. So. It's not it's not looking great for the race tomorrow. Certainly don't think he's going to be in with a chance of major points, but potentially like a, a P6, P7. He's got some fast cars around him as well, so maybe he can have some fun. Yeah, and it's, it's a very good point what, what, what you said about um, uh, about him already racking up the engine penalties, as we saw in you know, second race of the season, he was taking engine penalties. So not boding well. Um you know, uh, uh, like you said, he could may well start from from the pit lane, putting the power unit in. Makes sense if he's that far down. But Jawad, um, speaking of Ferrari powered shenanigans going going out in uh, in in Q one, although I think one of them did make his Q two. To be fair, Alfa Romeo, um, obviously AKA Sauber, AKA whoever else they've been over the years. Another lackluster showing. It, it, it could be said. I think we've said it enough times. They're just treading water until the Audi money comes in. Um, they showed some pace to begin with, but then as as track evolution kicked in, they took their place where they belong, at the back of the grid. And um, yeah, do you think they've got any chance of I don't know maybe sneaking a sneaking a naughty little point tomorrow? Uh, not if they get their you know it depends on their strategy. Of course, we saw Valtteri Bottas struggle and low lose the car at turn twelve. Had a bit of a spin and. You know, being out qualified by his teammate again, um, I think that's kind of been the narrative this season for him is just just lacking that pace. And Bottas, when he was with Mercedes, he was really good in qualifying and we saw him up there consistently. But, yeah, it just doesn't seem to have it over Joe. And I think that's, you know, a, a really glowing endorsement of Joe Guan Yu. He's doing so well um, in a car that, you know, there's not much to show from it. So, um you know, in those individual moments there, he's doing quite well. Bottas, not so much. Um, where they're going to be in the race tomorrow, it all depends. You know, it's a strategic race. This one overtaking is limited, as we know, but that could change potentially with um, the opening up of the final chicane, you know, double right hander, like you said. So um, hopefully they can mix it and get up there if possible. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, 
I agree with what you said. I think I think Alpha Alpha Romeo, the correct Alpha team. Um, I think they're going to need a bit of luck uh, tomorrow. And also, I just want to correct myself. I believe I said double left hander earlier for the final sector. I obviously meant double right hander, um, but even that doesn't excuse their their pace. Um, Louis, uh, next up we have the Alpha Tauri drivers. Nick de Vries uh, almost lived up to his name of Nick de Vries and and had a couple of spins in in Q one. Both he and Sonoda, they put in some decent times, but as we've talked about already, track evolution kicked in, and although they went quick, they then ultimately worked their way a bit, you know, they ended up a bit further down the grid. An improved showing, maybe continuing some form from last week. Do you think they could maybe be in with a shout of perhaps a point here or there, especially if something, you know, especially if there's some shenanigans in front of them tomorrow? Yeah, definitely. I think we've seen that in sort of in the general sort of scheme of things, that AlphaTauri is a little bit better on the race runs, and we've seen that strategies that they've tend to tend to do tend to to work out as Yuki um, has shown. And in Monaco was a great example of uh, of that when he he kept his nose clean and everything was going normal. He was doing incredibly well until his brakes failed. But um, yeah, it was it was definitely shaky for Nick. Um, him and his car were a bit all over the place. Um, for much of Q1, there was a there was a little weird damp patch on the sort of the exit of um, I want to say well the entry to turn twelve, and that was catching a lot of drivers out, and it caught him out a couple of times. But once he you know eventually managed to figure it out, it got him through quite quite nicely into into Q2. I think their pace where they are is I think it's realistic to where they just are sitting in the in the standings at the moment where their car is. I don't think it was too much of a shock that they were that low down. I don't think it would have really been realistic for them to get much higher up. But uh, it's a place that they can kick on. 14th, 15th is not the worst place you can be, but uh, it's going to definitely be challenging for them to start moving up the, the pack tomorrow. Yeah, and um, you, you know, that like like you said, you know they they've they've got more of a chance, I think, especially given where they are. But um, looking a bit, uh, starting to look a bit further up the grid, Jawad, uh, we have the Mercedes pair now. George Russell went out in Q two after trying to get an, an, another run in. Um, ultimately, had a bit of a coming together with his teammates um, as as they were both on the main straights, and then I. I believe he went out in P12 in in the end, and his teammate Hamilton was if he was he was obviously in in the top ten. Let me just refresh my memory on where he was. He was P5. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, so yeah, so Hamilton P5, um, and then Russell Russell P12. Sort of putting aside their um their their group positions, what do you make of their coming together on the main strike? <laughs> Obviously, Russell just wasn't uh, checking his mirrors and had no idea that his teammate, you know, let alone another car behind him, and um, ended up taking a piece of his front wing end plate off as well, which could have been dis- potentially disastrous for the team. I mean, it's not like uh, we haven't seen Mercedes cars come together in Barcelona in the past. Um, Hamilton will know all too well uh, from 2016, but. Um, the stewards have summoned uh, George from what I understand. So whether he cops any further pain from it, I think, you know, the fact that he got eliminated in Q2 is pain enough. Um, 
for Lewis uh, being considered, you know, Max's closest um, competitor or even, you know, uh, an off chance for pole position in Q3 was was interesting to hear, given that it's not something we've heard for such a long time. So, um, but then ending up P5, also pending, I guess, the uh, investigation of Pierre Gasly as well for his role in impeding a couple of drivers during qualifying so he could yet yeah, move up onto the second row of the grid so um yeah not saying that he's going to be in contention for the win or anything but you know there could be a chance for podium depending on how the pace of the mclaren ahead as well and for george yeah it was just a, a silly error not paying attention to what's going on around him so um but yeah i don't think any further pain other than starting outside the top 10 will come to him yeah, it was a bit of a. Um, it, it was. It was. It was. It was just just an odd instant that that they that they were so close together on on the grid anyway. But um, yeah, just a you know, it, it, to to me, it's just got um, it's just got sort of. It's, it's just got sort of undertones of of 2016 all all, all over again, you know, with you know, with Hamilton and, and then and then and then the the arrogant teammate this time being George Russell. Um, as you might gathered, I'm not really a Russell fan, especially after that. But um, speaking of um, screwing up an opportunity and going out in Q2, I've been looking forward to this one. Tom, Sergio Perez went out in Q2. Off you go. Oh, I mean, for those who aren't on YouTube, my head is in my hands. Um, I mean, he got away with it in Q1. I thought he was going to go out in Q1. Uh, and then, yeah, he sent it through the gravel and then end of Q2 again through the gravel, like completely on his own. And just he just couldn't get in. I mean, even even with taking that car through the gravel, he still should have had enough, in my opinion, to, to at least get to at least get into Q3 because that car is so fast. He probably would have lost. Yeah, he had enough time to to scrub his tires back and and recharge the battery and go again. Yes, he would have lost some life out of the tires, which we saw from um, from Hamilton when he had to go again in I think it was Q2. That time got him into the top three. So how Perez still couldn't get in, I don't know. And for me, this is this is not just the end of Paris's championship. Uh, I say championship push. He's never had a championship push. This is the end of Paris's career. I will put on the line right now, Sergio Perez will never win another Formula One race. That is what I'm going to say. And I, I mean, this season, the car is dominant, but I just can't see him winning a race this season the way he's driving. And beyond this season, it, as long as he's paired with Max, I can't see him winning a race unless Max is out and Max just isn't making mistakes. Maybe he gets a win in a situation where there's, you know, some crazy stuff going on, but on pace, Perez will not be the quickest driver on track again. I think that's, that's it for him now. I think he's, I I know I'm going to get like a lot of stick for that, but this is just my, my opinion. And he's just not been good enough in any stretch. I genuinely believe that Alex Albon did a better job in that Red Bull than Sergio Perez has done. Perez is good at slowing people up when they're behind him. That's the only good thing he's ever done in a Red Bull car, apart from beating Max in one race. Whoop-de-doo, I'm waving a flag. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, bye-bye, Perez. I've had enough of you. Tell me how you really feel. Um, yeah, no, um, yeah. But, okay, thanks Thanks for that, Tom. That was, uh, if, if you want to hear any more any more hot takes, um, be sure be sure to check out our back catalogue of shows, uh, as I'm sure Tom has plenty in there. Um, and if, if, you, if you feel any different, 
please direct all hate towards him and not me. I'm the other Tom. Uh, for 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 once, I'm I'm the one who is sitting on the fence, which is very unusual for me. Um, but let's uh, just, just. I think I think we only took a minute after that. But uh, um, but Louis, uh, just looking a little bit further up and down the grid, uh, we have in P10, I believe, Nico Ulkenberg, as uh, Danny Rickwood has said, and then his teammate all the way down in P17, uh, Kevin Magnussen. Bit of a, a bit of a sort of contrast of fortunes for for them today. Um, any thoughts on that? Well, I think it's. Uh... Uh, I think it's the end of Kevin Magnuson's career, really. <laughs> um, I just um, no, it's it's Haas is a weird one. We feel like we've reverted back to sort of start of the season where um, you know Hulkenberg were putting in these mega qualifying performances, and we're just not seeing as much from Kevin Magnuson. And uh, it, it it feels like a weird circle that we've come with Haas. Um, I think it's incredibly um, great what. Uh, what Hulkenberg was um was able to do. I mean, he initially did stick at P3. It was a it was a remarkable uh, a remarkable lap. And I think uh, given that he managed to get his house that far up at one stage, I think it has to be commended. Um he's really got much better grip of this car than that his teammate. And he should definitely be applauded. As for Magnuson, I just don't think it went his way today. It's just it was just an unfortunate um the fact that you know, that track was ramping up and I think he just didn't able to get the most out of that car. Um, otherwise, there's just not really much else to say for for Haas. I think it'll be very tough for Hulkenberg to keep on to that 10th. I, I don't think points is definitely a guarantee for them tomorrow. I think they're going to have to really work for it, you know, given that they have drivers that are going to be coming from the back and, and looking to steal that place off him. Yeah, um, I I think that's more than fair to be honest. As, as much as it sort of hurts me to say that about um, uh, about um, what's his name, Nico Hulkenberg. Um, I literally just said it. What am I on about? Um, you know, it's uh, sadly, you know, as uh, uh, you know, I I I think, or well, I do fear that he's going to go back, especially when you got people like Perez. Although apparently his career is finished, if you ask Tom and George Russell, provided he doesn't try and spearfish his teammate down the main straight, um, yeah. So that that'll be that'll be an interesting one one to watch tomorrow. But looking um, just uh, just just looking a bit further up up the grid, then uh, Tom, I'm going to go back to you. Uh, the Alpine drivers now. Um, Esteban Ocon uh, fin- uh, qualified what P6 and his teammate Pierre Gasly qualified P4. Now we're going to caveat this with the Pierre Gasly one because he is uh, he has to see the stewards for two counts of impeding. Both of them took place in Q1. Um, one was on Max and the other was on I can't remember who, um, but the other one was in the final corner. And I remember that much. Um, so if he does get a penalty for either one of those, he should get a penalty for both of them. Um, we'll likely see him drop to P10 or so. But at the moment, he is P4. So, Alpine, Tom, you know, continue some good form from, from last week. You know, you know they're, they're beginning to look quite strong, aside from impeding people. Um, and, you know, do, do you think they stand a chance of a good result tomorrow? I really do. I mean, obviously, this is penalty depending, and um, and I think they've got every chance of moving forwards. And and um, SD second bestie uh, back there in uh, in seventh at the moment, but uh, 
but probably going to move up to sixth with a, with a Gasly penalty. And and the, the Gasly blocking science it was was the other one in in Q one. It was uh, it was a pretty uh, spicy one. It was he let Leclerc through and then moved back across to the racing line. I think the team have got to take some responsibility for this because they would have told him, oh, there's a Ferrari coming up. And at that point, he's he's navigating two very fast right-handers. He hasn't got time to check in his mirror, so he's moving across to just about to start a fast lap um, or just finishing a fast lap. I can't remember which one it was, to be honest. But either way, he's uh, he, he's just pulled back onto the racing line, very similar to, to what George Russell did. Um, and his team should have told him he was there. And he, that one, I have a bit of sympathy for him. Um, the Max one, less so. It actually made Max abort his lap as a result of it. And it didn't you know, make any difference, obviously, because Verstappen had so much pace, it was never going to be a problem. But it, was, it, is, it was sloppy from the team. It was sloppy from Gasly as well on, on the second one. But, I mean, fourth is a great performance. To, to stick that in fourth place, that's a phenomenal performance to out-qualify Hamilton, that, who really did look like he was on it. But I just want to mention, actually, if, if you don't mind, um, with regards to the George Russell um, potential penalty, if they give George Russell a penalty for that. They need to ask some serious questions because Pierre Gasly, two points away from a race ban, fully swiped his teammate off the track and they didn't give him a penalty because he said, oh, it was because it was intra-team. So if they don't give Russell a penalty or if they give Russell a penalty, then I just think that's massive inconsistency. And Gunter Steiner is right because it, you need to have this consistency of penalties for out. So um, I just wanted to mention that anyway. But but yeah, so I, I genuinely think that the Alpine looks strong. It looks like a better race car than the Aston Martin, which is something I didn't expect to be in a position to say at the start of the weekend. Certainly in Hamilton's hands, the car looks like it's uh, it's better than the the Alpine, but I think that's going to be the race for tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to see Max Verstappen stroll off into the into the distance most likely, but I think that fight between uh, between Hamilton and the Alpines and then a recovering Fernando Alonso is going to be is going to be spicy. And I really hope that Lando Norris can can uh, can get some headlines in there as well. Yeah, that 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 is an interesting point actually, and I'm I'm glad glad you mentioned that about um, you know about about it being an interesting battle because surely that doesn't matter. But as we've seen with Haas, who are we to criticise the sporting integrity? Because the FIA have never ever breached their own sporting integrity over over the last sort of 10, 20 years, not a single time. And I'm not opening that can of worms again. Um, but uh, uh, Jawa, just uh, just just uh, just looking uh, sort of well inside the top ten. I'm going to give you Aston Martin, uh, obviously Lance Stroll and Fernando Alonso, the, the home hero. Alonso had had a bit of a bit of an off in the in the in the last right hand in Q one. Looked like he damaged his floor because the um the team were out with 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 a glue gun fixing it. Um, you know, so he he could replace that like for like in in Park Ferme tomorrow. Uh, we won't know. His teammates uh, Stroll put in you know put put in a you know pretty good qualifying qualified P six. Alonso is 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 ultimately P nine. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, that, you know, that's that's given how much sort of promise um, Aston Martin has shown, and how you know, last week how people were talking about, you know, there's perhaps a missed opportunity for them to win. Do you think it's a bit more of a sort of bump down to reality? Bearing in mind they've been qualified by a Ferrari and a McLaren, an Alpine and a Mercedes. Perhaps a little bit, yeah. Because um, when you look at the way the season's panned out, this is actually the second permanent circuit that we've raced on out of uh six races we've been what five 
uh, street tracks so far uh, at Account Melbourne is kind of a hybrid um, semi-permanent track. But, yeah, um, for them to be where they are, like I guess Alonso would have been further up if um, he didn't have that floor damage that he sustained in Q1 and how very high-tech is Formula 1 that they're using a glue gun to to fix the floor, um, which they were lucky to be able to um, do during that red flag. But, um, you know, for Stroll, first time I think he's out-qualified his teammate this season. You know, there was, you know, you have to ask, or when are we going to start asking the question that, you know, they've got the second fastest car or they've had the second fastest car this season yet. Um, Compared to his teammate, he's been nowhere all year. And yes, he did come into the season with um, broken wrists and he did a very good job in the first couple of races and very admirable. But yeah, in the last few races, he's kind of not really been anywhere near his teammate. And yes, Alonso is a demon and, you know, greatest, one of the greatest of all time up there. But yeah, Stroll really has to pick it up. And I think he did a pretty good job today considering where Alonso was, uh, where they're going to be in the race, you know, who knows. They've they've proved to have good um, tyre life in that car. That car's been really well known for how well it can look after its tyres. So, you know, they might just play the strategy game and see if they can pick up a few places. But, um, you know, they've, Alonso's been consistent so far this season. I don't think that's going to change on the accounts of him being P9. Uh, no, and you know it's Alonso in his home race in a competitive car. You can be sure that we're going to see we're going to see something, whether it's a bit of it's a bit of flair or whether he's sort of you know, moving moving very late to overtake and under braking. There's going to it's Alonso. There's going to be something, and it's going to, there's there's going to be some sassy radio message. I think we can all be sure of that. Um, Louis, I'm looking forward to this one. In Q3, both drivers, Lando Norris. And Oscar Piastri, sorry, Piastri. Um, Oscar Piastri, P10, Dom the Cup, my friend. London Norris, P3 in a McLaren. This year's McLaren, take it away. Lando, I absolutely love it. It's a, it's a beautiful sort of redemption arc that we're slowly seeing from McLaren. I mean, I remember back all the way back in Bahrain where I was absolutely ripping, you know, <laughs> shreds into McLaren after after making six stops just because of the hydraulic leak and just generally how awful and off the pace McLaren were that weekend. But it's slowly, slowly coming back. And now that we're back on some uh, conventional circuits, P3 is a mega job from Lando and not also uh, diminishing what Oscar Piastri's done because P9 is great as well. I think it's probably closer to where McLaren actually are. I think it's going to be quite a bit of a struggle for Lando to to hold on to that P3, but I love it. I don't care. I'm here for it all the time. Lando is a brilliant driver, and even when he's in, uh, let's face it, a pretty mediocre car, he can still pull out some amazing performances, and it's just testament to what an amazing driver he is. And if he's given an opportunity in a better team, I think he would he would absolutely fly. Um, but at the moment, he's got to deal with what he's got, and he's doing brilliantly. And I love it. And I love Oscar as well. He's he's, he's also <laughs> he's also doing great. Um, but we'll see how long my my you know happiness lasts for uh, tomorrow if he gets absolutely spotted up by <laughs> the Mercs and the and the Astons and the Alpines. Uh, it might be a a bit a bit more of a uh, a sorrow day tomorrow. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you know, let, let's just celebrate that that McLaren are, um, uh, are both both in the top ten on merit. So you know, so let, let's let's just be happy for them. And also, I'm going to go out there and say it: Piastri has proved that McLaren were right to dump Danny Rick. You know, they've they've made the right decision. I'm sure Danny Rick was laughing with his twenty million whatever he got, but you know, Piastri, he's he's proved his worth. I'd say. Um. But just just looking to P two, uh, home hero or or the subpar home hero because a lot of noise was about Alonso. Tom Carlos signs P two, showing his teammate how it's done. Um, you know, but we'll probably be told to get out of the way for him anyway. Um, do you think he can win tomorrow? Uh, no. I don't think he can. I would love it. Don't get me wrong. I'd like Carlos Sainz is genuinely one of my favourite drivers on the grid, and uh, I'm glad he, I'm glad I've got him as well because he's the hometown hero, the very much forgotten man this season for Spain, given the emergence of a of a certain pensioner. But uh, he's he's done a fantastic job. You know, when when Leclerc was 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 faltering, he's just delivered, and he was a very quiet session. You didn't hear anything from him. You didn't really see much apart from when he was like being impeded by people. We didn't really see him that much. And it was, he was really, really good. It was a really good session. And, um, and I, I'm really, really happy for him. I really hope that he can, that he can at least maintain this podium and, and take the fight forward because he's not had the best of luck against Leclerc so far this year. Well, certainly have, hasn't had the best of performance against Leclerc this year. He is ahead of him in points, which is something that we don't really expect when you see how things have gone on, but he's, uh, he's not had the best of performances. So I hope that he can on home ter- on home territory where he's always scored points. He's always done well here. Um, I would really like to see him, push for a win. I don't think he'll win unless Max has a problem, but if he can push for a win, then I'll be happy with that. So, uh, so yes, very, very happy and very, uh, uh, very impressed with science's performance. Cause I didn't think that Ferrari were there at all. And, uh, they seem to be, which is good. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, given the, you know, the rather abrupt exit of his teammates, um, you know, it's, it's safe to say that, that signs as, um, yeah, times has proved once again that you know he 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 deserves to be in that seat, and no, no matter how much um, no matter how much Ferrari we're, we're trying to mess him up with strategy, once again he's done it. But um, Jawas, I mean, this is becoming a bit of a bit of a recurring theme this year, just a little bit. Um, P one, Max Verstappen set a sensational lap time, and yes, I'm a Max fan. Okay, so bear that in mind. He did set an absolute screamer of a lap at the start of Q three. I will caveat again, he was on fresh softs when everybody else was on U softs. So that will account for what, six tenths, seven tenths difference, obviously de- depending on that. But it still shows that he was four tenths clear of, of, of the rest of the field, give or take. Um, I mean, Max in that car, you know, just everything is, is sort of just clicking. Do you think he's just going to sail off into the sunset tomorrow? Do you think he's actually going to get challenged off the line? Or do you, do you think it's his to lose, basically? I think it's just going to be another simply lovely afternoon um, for Max. And yeah, like you said, he set that blistering lap um, at the start of Q3. He didn't even need to set a second lap at the end because that's how far ahead he was when everyone else decided to um, get fresh uh, soft tyres on. So yeah, barring anything um, happening weather-wise or strategy-wise, like Christian Horner said, there's no stopping him at the moment. And, you know, when his, you know, 
on paper, um, closest championship rival is all the way back um, outside the top 10. Um, I think it's just going to be 25, 26 points in the bag, um, looking at it uh, on paper as well for Max. But, um, yeah, you can't, you're kind of running out of adjectives for the guy at the moment because he just continues to rewrite the history books. And he'll be, what, he'll be his 40th, Career win, so then one away from equaling it and center next time around if he does um get to 40 wins tomorrow. So um yeah, it's 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 unbelievable <laughs> where he's at at the moment and just just the form he's in. Yeah, and I mean, you know, obviously it's 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 the first time he's been on pole actually in Spain, yeah, because obviously last year Leclerc was on pole. Um but no, this is the first time that Max is going to be starting P1 in um, in in Barcelona. I mean, you know, I, I do think he's just going to sail off into the sunset, especially given nobody's really around him to challenge. But um, that was just a uh, sorry that that was our uh, our roundup of qualifying. Um, given we still got um, sorry, given we still got a few moments, I just want to pose a question to each one of you individually because I'd like to get your your viewpoint on this. It's about Aston Martin, and Louis, I'm going to go to you first. Do you think Lance Stroll is going to cost him P2 in the Constructors? I mean, off today's thing, you'd say no, but I think overall in the sort of the case of the season, yes. Okay. Tom, what do you think? No, he's not going to cost him P2. He's going to cost him P3. Okay, who's going to be P2 then? (laughs) Well, it's it's going to be Mercedes and Ferrari. And then that's okay. going to come forth. What time do you need to leave again? <laughs> Can I bring it forward? <laughs> okay, that's a very interesting take. Jared, um, do you think Lance Stroll's going to cost Mercedes P2? Uh, Mercedes. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Lance Stroll's going to cost um, Aston Martin P2 in the Constructors this year? Absolutely, unless he can get his act together, which um, we've seen throughout his career, he can't be consistent. Um, yeah, they're not going to finish P two. Yeah, no, yeah. I just, I just wanted to pose that one past you because I was, uh, I was, I was thinking about it. Yeah, uh, when I was watching Quali and and then yeah, obviously Monaco last week. So I was in, 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 just interested to, to get your thoughts on it. And one very quick question, which 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 I have for you again, it's an Aston Martin question. Um, and I'll go with Louis, Tom, Jared again. Is Fernando Alonso going to win a race this year? No. Okay, Tom, is Alonso going to win this year? Any race? No. Okay, Jared. I'm going to say yes. Uh, either Hungary or Singapore would be my picks because they're circuits that they did identify earlier on as being potentials outside Monaco. Okay. All right. Fair enough. If Sol crashes in Singapore and Alonso wins, we're never going to hear the end of it, mind. Um, let's just look forward. To, oh, sorry. Let's just look ahead to some predictions for tomorrow. So, Louis, give me your uh, give me your podium and a bowl prediction. Uh, my podium. Uh, it's going to be Max Verstappen, Carlos Sainz, and I'm going to keep Lando on the podium. I reckon he's going to um, nick P3. And my bold prediction is that neither Leclerc, Russell, or Perez will find a way into the top 10. Okay. Wow. That is, yeah, that's quite a, that's a fairly bold prediction. Go on then, Tom. Let's hear yours. This should be good. Cool. Um, 
I am going, I am currently manifesting right now. I am trying to make things happen. So my podium very much manifests is what I want to happen, not what I think will happen. So I am going for a Carlos Sainz win with Lando Norris second and Lewis Hamilton third. And uh, my bold prediction is Nick DeVries will score a points finish. He's had a good weekend, a very underrated weekend so far. Apart from a few little spins, I think he's done very well. And he outqualified Snowder by four tenths. That's no mean feat. Fair play, it's not. And, you know, Snowder has come on, you know, quite a lot this year. Um, Chawid, give me your podium and a poll prediction. Um, I'm going to keep the top three as they are. Verstappen, Sainz and Norris. Great for Norris if he can be on the podium. And my bold prediction will be if Gasly gets the grid penalty, we're going to see a repeat of Mercedes 2016 uh, between him and Ocon taking out each other at turn four. So We had already saw that at your home race, mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. And then we've got a couple of Merc 2016s going on this year. Uh, and then just for, for me, very quickly, my ball prediction, uh, sorry, my podium is going to be, I'm going to manifest and I'm going to say Carlos Sainz is going to win with Max Verstappen P2 and then Hamilton is going to be P3. My ball prediction is going to be uh, George Russell doesn't shout crikey on the radio. Um, so, and I think that's a very bold prediction. So just, just very quickly, um, I just want to give everybody a very quick chance to give yourselves a little promo. So tell us a bit about where we can find you, why you're in my house, please go away, and where can where can we listen to you? So Louis, first of all, what do you do? I, I'm not going to tell you what my job is, but um, <laughs> um, I am on here. I am a, a co-host. I will host the occasional show, um, like the preview show that you can go and listen to before tomorrow's race. Um and yeah, if you want to find more from me, um, make sure to subscribe to the Grid Talk YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter. Absolutely. Uh, Tom, where can we find you? Well, I know where you live anyway, but. Yes, don't tell people that. Um, yeah, if you want, if you haven't had quite enough George Russell and Sergio Perez bashing, then uh, come along to the Monkey Seat or on the socials at Monkey Seat Pod, and we're available on all the major podcasting platforms. Carl gets very sweary about George Russell, and I get very disappointed in uh, in Sergio Perez. So um, we do occasionally, sometimes talk about things and have a little bit of insight as well, but not often. Yeah, Monkey Seat is well worth a listen. If 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 you like unfiltered F one. Go and have a listen to them. It's uh, it's it's pretty amusing. And Jawards, uh, where where can we find you, mate? Yeah, I casually host uh, Hit the Apex podcast on my own, so that's on all the good podcast platforms. There's a Twitter account associated with it at Hit the Apex Media, but to be honest, I don't use it that much. Um, Instagram's probably the best place to find me at Doctor Forty Sixth, and I do write articles for the Raw.com and a couple have got published on F1 Chronicle as well. Every stuff, um, and then myself, uh, I am obviously a you know host on or a co-host, I should say, on here, and uh, I also co-host Formula Talk, which is our support series show, which was the brainchild of one of the panelists here, Sophia. So you can find that everywhere you find Grid Talk. Speaking of finding Grid Talk, Grid Talk is available on YouTube, where most episodes are recorded live, as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Cuts. Just search Formula One Grid Talk for our back catalogue of shows with previews and reactions to qualifying and race results. Please consider supporting the, the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights and better recording equipment. 
Also, make sure you subscribe so you are the first to know when each new episode is released. We will be back with plenty more F1 content, namely tomorrow, to review the, the 2023 Spanish Grand Prix. As of now, thank you ever so much for listening and or indeed watching. Thank you for... Yes, thank you for being here. And this has been the Grid Talk Podcast presented by Bet Online. And goodbye.